And welcome to Interfaith Talk Radio, being brought to you by Dr. Pat Worldwide on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, and streaming worldwide at interfaithtalkradio.com. We are sharing and expanding dialogue on interfaith understanding and celebrating a shared spiritual quest. We are a rabbi, a Muslim minister, and a Christian pastor. I am Rabbi Ted Falcon from Beit Aleph Meditative Synagogue. I'm Brother Jamal Rahman from Interfaith Community Church in Seattle. And I'm Pastor Don McKenzie from University Congregational United Church of Christ in Seattle. And we are here each Monday from 5 to 6 and invite you to join us. For those of you who are interested in sharing the conversation with us, please take a moment to mark down our telephone numbers. You can reach us at 425-373-5527, 425-373-5527, or toll-free in Western Washington, 888 298 5569. And please remember that you can find more information about us and about our show at our website, interfaithtalkradio.com. You're welcome to leave comments there to tell us things that you would like to have on the show and to ask any questions you might have. And although you couldn't tell it from the music, Uh, with which the show opened, this is our Halloween show. Uh, Tomorrow is Halloween, and we are caught up in the energies of the season. Each one of us, of course, came to the studio in costume, and I'm sure you're enjoying that we do look a little bit different, but uh, there comes comes the music that we thought the show was going to begin with so that you can know now for sure that this is the Halloween show of Interfaith Talk Radio. And we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween. Pastor Don has been doing a little bit of research. Right, and uh, as most people know, I think Halloween is the night before the Christian uh, celebration of All Saints Day. And it is a time when the veil between this world and the next is thought to be the thinnest. But it's also a time when um, the fears about the meaning of that, I think, are at a at a peak. And um, subjects such as goblins, witches, and so forth are are there partly as a way of as we bring them up, we keep them at arm's length in some odd kinds of ways. And um, and so it has struck me that as I've been thinking about Halloween and so forth, to uh, to be a member of the Wicca tradition would be a difficult thing on Halloween. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because in honoring this season, we thought this would be a great time to have a Wiccan with us at the studio And we have a high priestess in the Wiccan tradition, Lila Rapsiewicz. Um, She is an eclectic Wiccan, and she will be joining us in a few moments for a deepening conversation about what witches really are, 
um, and perhaps some of the deeper nature of what we celebrate as Halloween. Is there anything like Halloween in Muslim tradition? Uh, not to my knowledge, really, but uh, I was very impressed uh, when Don was speaking because I was thinking that if Christianity celebrates Halloween, which is outside the Christian tradition, in a sense, that makes Christianity interfaith <laughs> and, and inclusive. Now, one of the things I really appreciate about Jamal is, his, is the way he always looks on the bright side, and, and thank you so much for that. Yeah. Now, aren't, aren't there some, wouldn't there be some Christians who would not be in favor of celebrating Halloween? I don't know. Uh. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't think of Halloween as a, a theological Right. Festival in particular. I mean, I think it's been more uh, a cultural thing, but it's not an accident that it does all Hallow's Eve is what Halloween means, meaning uh, it's, as I said, it's the moment before All Saints Day when we remember those who have died. Saints meaning those who have died, uh, not those who have been canonized. <clears throat> um, and so because because the the... As I said, the veil between this world and the next is thought to be the thinnest on this at this point. Um, the fears that we have about that are raised on Halloween, and we do things, I think, in some ways to keep those fears at arm's length. But I think we can be educated tonight, because Lila is with us, um, about some of that. And perhaps uh, because as she talks about her spiritual path, get some clarity on this. You know, in answer to your question, Brother Ted, I would say that in Islam, the two uh, traditions that really celebrates occasions where, as you said, Brother Don, the veil between the visible world and the invisible world becomes very thin is actually associated with two mystical experiences Prophet Muhammad had. One, one is called, some of us know, the Night of Power. That's when the first verses of the Quran descended upon Prophet Muhammad and that's what Muslims celebrate in the month of Ramadan in gratitude for those verses coming down. They they purify themselves. The other one is called the night journey. When Prophet Muhammad, he found himself going horizontally from Mecca to Jerusalem. And from there, he began to ascend the seven levels of heaven. So at those, those times, it is said that the veils between visible and invisible really become quite thin. It's a wonderful time to uh, do some fasting, some meditation and some uh, praying. That feels like a nice invitation to explore this experience we're doing tonight in a way that feels positive rather than negative. Yes, definitely. In Jewish tradition, the holiday where we dress up in costumes is called Purim. Uh, and it occurs in the spring, uh, exactly one month before Passover, <clears throat> before the holiday celebrating the exodus from Egypt. And it focuses on the book of Esther, which is not one of the most well-read books of the Hebrew Bible, but it talks about a story, uh, a story of almost the destruction of the Jewish people by an arch-villain named Haman. And if you go in a Jewish community and you mention this story and you say the word Haman, everybody will make noise to try to drown out the name. One of the traditions was you'd write the name on the bottom of your shoe, and whenever somebody says the name, you rub your shoe against the floor. When I was a student in rabbinical school, we we brought pots and pans from our houses into the chapel 
so that while the Haggadah, not Haggadah, while the Megillah, the Passover, the uh, um, Forum Megillah, you know where they say the whole Megillah? Yeah. It's because it's a real long story, and on Purim, the whole thing gets read, and you say, God, it's the whole Megillah. Um, whenever the word Haman would come, we would bang on the pots and pans, you know, and create a great havoc. Um, and people dress up. So you dress up like Queen Esther, who is the heroine, or like Mordechai, who is the hero, or like King Ahasuerus, who is the king at the time, or uh, as the villain. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that Halloween kind of offers the same opportunity for people to experiment with identities. And when we talk about the veil between life and death growing thin, we are really looking into the nature of our identity and who are we and how transient are we, how uh, untransient are we. And I think the, 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 the whole idea of masks, mm -hmm. um, you know, what what is our face to the world and is it really who we really are or what kind of mask do we wear and does it help? at least at some level of our consciousness to keep these fears at arm's length or is it really contributing to the fears? These things seem to be opportunities that arise out of a conversation like this. And what is also very interesting is in every religion, uh, the culture where the where religion is present, that culture has such a significant effect on the festivals. For example, in Iran, in a Muslim country, they celebrate with such fervor the Nowruz, which actually is a Zoroastrian wow. festival. Indonesia has so many wonderful influences of Hindus and some other local religions. So in that most populous Islamic country, they have festivals which really are not really religious, but celebrated with such exhilaration and fervor. But those are cultural. Yeah. And in some ways, we all come together in those celebrations. Because I suspect in this country... There are Jews and Christians and Muslims who go out trick-or-treating together, you know, and celebrating a whole something they don't even understand what they're celebrating. Right. But seeking, probably seeking more candy than today one gets. The unifying factor of chocolate, the sweetness of chocolate. Well, that always got me to put on a costume. <laughs> it works. So I suppose it would still work. So you are listening to Interfaith Talk Radio with a rabbi, a Muslim a minister and a Christian pastor. This is our Halloween show, and just after our break, we are going to be welcoming Lila Rapsevich uh, into our studio. Lila is a high priestess in the Wiccan tradition, and while we can amuse ourselves talking about uh, our observances of Halloween, we suspect that she'll be able to enlighten us a good deal more deeply. So stay with us. We'll be right back. I put a spell on you. Because of mine. Commonly known as NICO, Northwest Interfaith Community Outreach traces its history to the first anniversary of 9-11. Committed to promoting interfaith dialogue and understanding, its purpose is captured in its mission statement, celebrating spirit through interfaith collaboration and compassionate works of justice in the world. 
For information on how to get involved, go to InterfaithTalkRadio.com and click on Nico. Hey, Julie, where have you been? Benny, I just returned from a fabulous seminar with Karen Ramsey, learning about how my relationship to money is holding me back from living the life I want. Well, I can't seem to save enough money to contribute to an IRA these days, but I think, you know, it's just too late to start now. Well, Benny, I see that you just bought yourself a latte this morning. And how many times a day do you do that? Uh, well, I'd say like two or three times a day, but I mean, seriously, what's your point, Julie? If you save the money you spend on just one latte a day, you'd easily be able to contribute 1400 dollars a year to your IRA. No kidding. Huh, I never thought about it that way. Well, Karen Ramsey says it's never too late to start no matter where you are. And the sooner you start, the better. Well, you know, that's fine with people with money, but how can someone like me afford financial advice from someone like Karen Ramsey? Well, you don't need to be wealthy to get excellent financial advice. In fact, why not tune into her new show beginning October 12th and learn about the myths about money that keep us from living the lives we're meant to live. And visit her on the web at caringmoney.com. That's caringmoney.com. Okay, everyone, listen up. Dr. Pat brings you her favorite organic wines from the Organic Wine Company, direct to you for this limited-time special offer. Would you like to enjoy the luscious taste of natural grapes grown with love for the land and tantalizing your taste buds at the same time? Well, Dr. Pat has selected three of her favorite wines for only $49, a 40% savings. Visit www.thedrpatshow.com. And click on Dr. Pat's Picks for this special offer. Or you can call 1-888-326-9463. You don't have to be a monk living in a monastery and meditating daily to understand that you are truly a divine spiritual being. Be one of the first to experience this breakthrough workshop with Dr. Pat Basili. Street Smart Spirituality. The Three Secrets to Living Life Full Out. Join our very own Dr. Pat on November 11th or November 12th at The Gathering in the Linwood Convention Center as she joins Dan Millman and others for this transformative weekend. Dr. Pat will introduce you to the power of busting through the crust and the importance of being direct and clear, street smart, when you're connecting to the energy of the universe. Are you ready to live life full out? Well, then this workshop is for you. Select this as one of your five workshops when you sign up for this weekend. Visit www.thegathering.cc or call 206-255-2500 to register now. That's www.thegathering.cc or call 206-255-2500. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. Come as you are. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Stop the things you do. My friends, welcome back to Interfaith Talk Radio. Here we are with a rabbi, a Muslim minister, and a Christian pastor. And I see the rabbi walking in with four glasses of water. And we have with us a very special guest, Chris Rapsevich, a high priestess from the Wiccan tradition. Actually, we got Lila. Lila, that's right. Chris is her husband. Fortunately, fortunately, <laughs> that, that, was, that was the Halloween trick. the rabbi came back in time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. It's Layla. <laughs> Welcome, Layla. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. So we're wondering, since we come from a, come from a culture that kind of makes witches into costumes and into characters in children's books, um, in your tradition, you are a witch. But I, for the benefit of our radio audience... 
Lila is not wearing black, and she's not wearing a pointed hat, and she looks surprisingly normal. So would you give us some idea of what witch means for you? Well, for myself, it means my whole being. And I think that um, the society that we live in focuses on the fantasy witch that we see on TV. And I think there's technically about three types of witches. There's the type of witch that uh, was called a witch during the Salem witch trials. And there is the fantasy portrayal of a witch popular from The Wizard of Oz and now Harry Potter. And then there's a person who calls himself a witch who is a magical person and who sees divine in everything and has nothing to do with Satanism or trying to turn people into things, you know, not casting evil spells out there. Well, when you say who sees the divine in everything. I I imagine that each of the three of us would say that we strive to recognize and honor the divine in each being. How would Wiccan tradition be different, let's say, from Jewish or Muslim or Christian tradition in that honoring? In the Wiccan tradition, uh, the god is seen as also a goddess mm-hmm. and is worshipped in duality. And um, during ceremonies, depending on which Wiccan tradition you practice, you can call upon uh, the goddess or the god or both together. And in a lot of religions, uh, God is seen as one. And the witches can celebrate the goddess in many aspects by many names. So is the idea that you said in many religions God is one. Are you experiencing the masculine and the feminine as part of the same one, or are the, is, is it a cosmic duality? There's a cosmic duality. <clears throat> and that isn't resolved in a unity? No. That's clearly a difference between yeah. that tradition and our own. Yeah, because when you were speaking, <clears throat> I thought, um, I mean, when we say the Lord's Prayer in our church, for example, we say our Father our mother who art in heaven as a way to be more inclusive of everyone, obviously, um, simply because the word father, we believe is, while may be correct, is not complete, nor is mother, um, creator, redeemer, sustainer, Holy Spirit. All those things would be names that could point to God, but which none of which would be complete because of the, the great mystery of the as we say, the Holy One of being. But we would still say God is one, whereas you're saying there's a duality. That's there's a duality. We appreciate that distinction. Uh, Laila, would you uh, talk about some spiritual practices that you do that, uh, for example, we might be very interested in that we could incorporate in our own traditions? For example, what do every day as a spiritual practice, like like Muslims pray, sometimes they fast, they meditate, they contemplate. What are some typical spiritual practices of Wiccans? Well, I could only speak for myself, but um, one thing that I do is that I give myself mantras for the day, and uh, finding a quiet place these days is kind of hard. So my meditative time is in the shower in the morning, and that's where 
I tell myself what type of day I want to give myself and also to be grateful for things I have in my life. Uh, I also try to see that everything around me is sacred and to acknowledge everything. And sometimes it's just easy to just go about your day and go work, go home, and you just forget about the little things. And um, just giving thanks for having a clear sky and being able to see the stars and the moon. And for myself, um, I also like to reach out into the community and just to see how I can be helpful. Um, being a witch to me is also giving back. And a lot of people come to me if they need assistance and just are looking for some guidance. And um, being a friendly witch that I am, mm -hmm. I'm always available to help them see things uh, for how they really are and to see how I can assist and sometimes, you know, offer a spell or two. I wanted to ask you, you know, in Islam, for example, when we say to become a better person, a more complete human being, you transform your nafs or your ego. Or you try to align, uh, you know, this bundle of conditioned reactions, your personality, your ego, uh, closer and closer to your soul or to the spirit of God within you. What is the equivalent of that work of transformation in the Wiccan tradition? Well, in the Wiccan tradition, uh, there are many holidays that have to do with transformation and Halloween is one of them. Um, besides uh, honoring those that have passed on, we're also shedding our skin in a sense of old ways and old values. And it's also celebrated as the Witch's New Year. And we look forward to what we want to accomplish for the next year. So in uh, many traditions, um, part of the ceremony may be to inscribe what we'd like to bring into our lives for the next year and raise energy and burn those wishes and put that intention into the universe. So do you have a community that you lead? No, at this time I don't. Um, when I first moved to Seattle, I used to meet with uh, some girls and was following more of a Dianic practice, which means uh, I was practicing in honoring only the goddess. But uh, since becoming a member of the Interfaith Community Church, um, my husband and I have been offering uh, the first Sunday as a chance to celebrate Wicca and pass that on to the community. So on the first, you mean the first Sunday of every month? Yes. Tell, tell, tell us a little about that so people will know the, where they could find you. Well, um, we were part of a collective that was giving ideas of what we like to present uh, as a service. And my husband and I uh, were chosen to present our view of the Wiccan tradition and to also uh, let people know about our holidays and um, present Wicca in a way that anybody can participate and share interest in. So uh, currently, uh, we have um, a rotating schedule, so we're not having any services for the rest of this year. But in the past, uh, we've offered ceremonies celebrating uh, the coming of the spring, and Beltane is also a holiday sharing in the first harvest, and it's a great time for fertility. 
And uh, in the past, we've done a Yule service celebrating the coming of the light. Lila, I'm really fascinated by what you're saying and appreciate your being here so much. And I'm, when you, I'm thinking, as you were speaking earlier, I'm thinking um, lots of things uh, about what you're saying are not foreign to my experience. And then you said, cast a spell. And I thought, this is something we need to hear more about, because that, unless there's just a semantic thing, that feels like it's something very unique to your tradition. Could you <clears throat> just say more about that? Yes. Um, one of the things that witches do is we gather together and we concentrate on things that uh, we'd like to accomplish and a lot of people would see that as a spell or magic. And basically, we're just putting a positive intention. And as long as the result is for the good of all, then it's nothing to be considered as black magic. Do you practice black magic as well or just white magic? Uh, I don't practice black magic. But you know people who do? No, I don't know people who huh. do. Okay, we're about to take a break, and Lila, when we come back from the break, I'd like you to give us an example of what a spell might look like, and I'd like to go in a little bit more deeply into what your witch's Halloween will look like, because I suspect it's not putting on a costume and going house to house with a paper bag asking for handouts or saying trick or treat. So for those of you who are with us, this is Interfaith Talk Radio, and we are expanding our dialogue, talking to Lila, a representative of the Wiccan tradition. We'll be back with you in a few moments. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare that strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft The Rocky Mountain Mystery School is here to open the doors for all who seek greater empowerment and meaning in life. It holds and teaches the keys to hidden knowledge, wisdom and tools of power of the ages. We offer ancient teachings for modern times to all true seekers and will be in Seattle November the 8th through the 12th to bring these tools to you. Go to mysteryschoolnorthwest.com for more information. That's mysteryschoolnorthwest.com. Do you suffer from stress, headaches, back pain, digestive pain, or other chronic problems? Allow Sue Woodward to help you realize the vitality and wholeness your body naturally wants to express using gentle, restorative methods. Sue invites you to call her at the Acupuncture and Healing Arts Clinic for a free consultation. 425-451-8129. That's 425-451-8129. Unity of Bellevue is an inclusive community for spiritual growth where all are valued, where positive attitudes are developed, where spiritual laws of life are taught, where consciousness is cultivated, where self-awareness is enhanced, and where the bonds of fellowship are enriched. Join us for our Sunday celebrations on Bellevue's East Side. Visit our website at www.unityofbellevue.org.
Many people who come to a Unity Church feel like they've come home. We invite you to one of the many great Puget Sound Unity Churches in Bellevue, Edgewood, Kent, Linwood, Seattle, or Woodenville. For links to these Unity Churches and others, visit unity.org. We welcome you to join us at Unity of Woodenville. Visit unityofwoodenville.org. Independent programs, independent voices, independent ideas. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Such an ancient pitch, but one that I'd never switch. Cause there's no nicer witch than you. And our engineer, Eric Ryder, is finding some wonderful witch music and Halloween music to welcome us back to this segment of Interfaith Talk Radio. We are a rabbi, a Muslim minister, and a Christian pastor, and we are sharing with you every Monday on KKNW, 1150 AM. Our program is Interfaith Talk Radio, and you can always find out more information about us from interfaithtalkradio.com. We are talking to Lila Rapsevich, who is a high priestess in the Wiccan tradition. She's been, uh, she was initiated into, into a Celtic tradition in 1991 and has been uh, practicing in this uh, tradition for some time. And we wanted to talk about spells and the nature of spells. So I wondered if you could, Lila, if you could give us an example of what a spell is, how you have experienced the efficacy of a spell, and perhaps suggest a spell even that our listeners might be able to utilize for their own advancement. Sure. Um, first, I'd like to say that when... I am working a spell. I keep in mind that whatever I do is for the good of all. And also, witches believe in the laws of karma, that things come back to us. And witches believe that whatever you put out comes back to you three times as one of our magical numbers. So in the sense of me saying a spell, uh, I could break it down to saying that I'm creating magic for myself or for someone and if I'm working a spell for someone, I always ask their permission. And that way uh, I have consent on their side. So a good example would be that um, back when I moved into Seattle, um, I was with someone and we broke up. And I was out there on the market for six months and wasn't nothing going on. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm a magical person. I'll put some intention out there. And I really focused on what I wanted to bring into my life. And I made a list of qualities that I wanted my mate to have. And I made myself a bracelet that said love magic on there. And I just put the intention out there that I was ready for a new relationship. And that when I would meet that person, that I would just know that that's the right person for me. And uh, at the time, I was with a women's group. And we all had our Witches of Eastwick moment where we gathered in front of a candle and we chanted that I would meet someone right away, that he'd be the right person for me. 
and just releasing that energy into the universe and also being open to receive something positive in your life is very important. And uh, I had done this in September of 98, and I met my husband, Chris, in February of 99. And from the first date, I knew that he was the one out there for me. So it's a really good example. And another good example is that I was in a dead-end job that wasn't going anywhere, and I was really wanting to find something secure. So I did my research, and I found a couple of companies that were in Seattle for a while, had a good history of treating their employees well, and uh, I put my intention into my resume saying that whoever gets this and responds to me will be the right employer. So um, this was in uh, 2000 that I put my resume out there to Starbucks, and uh, I had gotten a phone interview And after the phone interview, I lit a candle and I said, you know, for this to continue to go well and for them to call me for a person interview. And shortly that happened. And every day I just lit a candle, putting my intention that this was the job I wanted. And uh, sometimes, you know, spells take a while to work. And this one did take a while. It took almost two months. But um, when they hired me, they were just like, Okay, we don't know exactly what's going on here because we got a lot of applicants. But they said that when they met me, that they just saw me already being part of the group. You know, they just saw that it was a good fit and uh, they were totally surprised by it. But uh, it was one of over 200 applicants and um, it was just a positive experience. So, Lila, maybe that's why I called you Chris. The, the energy of your spell was so strong. There you go. I probably got the impression of Chris. And maybe I'll call Chris Lila. <laughs> uh, Lila, could you, could you just say a word about your sense of the difference, if any, between uh, casting a spell and praying? Well, um, for myself, when I'm casting a spell, a lot of energy goes into it. And um, praying is something that um, I do on a daily basis, too, because I was raised Catholic. And um, since I'm eclectic, I really see um, things like praying as just something natural that um, connects me to the divine. And for spells, it's usually something specific. Um, a lot of spells have to do with healing if you're helping someone out. Um, it could be something as easy as noisy neighbor and you just want to get through that. You know, you deserve the same respect as everyone else in the building. So when I'm working a spell, um, I have to prepare myself mentally and also to visualize what I want to create for myself. And... Um, Sometimes a spell can take a day, sometimes it could take a week, depending on what you're doing. But you put the same energy, that of being present and uh, that goodness, uh, being aware of karma. And yes, you, and you everything you I Combine do. all of that. So the energy is not very different. The form not might be different. different. I see, I see. So let's say somebody in the, in our, uh, among the listeners, um, 
has something that they would like to draw into their lives or has some change that they would like to make, from your tradition, how how would you encourage them to proceed? Well, for myself, something easy that I do is I focus a lot on colors. And uh, sometimes if you're just not having a good day, just wearing a bright, happy color changes your mood. So I start with colors, and then I work with scents. A lot of scents out there will uh, change your mood. Um, Rose is very relaxing. Uh, Orange is very uplifting for energy. And then just on my daily life at work, um, I would say one of the worst things we do is we kind of jinx ourselves sometimes. And sometimes what we say happens and then you're like, oh, I can't believe I got myself into this. So for myself, I try to be very careful about what I say and how I see an outcome of something. I always think positive. I guess guess when I think of spell, I want some kind of brew or some kind (laughs) of secret, you know, ingredients, something that I guess convinces the conscious mind of its um, deep importance and lends strength to whatever image or whatever goal or whatever ideal is expressed. So my fantasy is that there is that involved, that kind of buildup of energy in your spell performing. Yes, a lot of... um what we've seen from TV has a lot of props and cauldrons and everything. And that's mostly used for visual effects. And one of the most powerful spells you can do is writing something down, putting your intention out there. And, you know, at home I have wands and crystals and, you know, So weird let's say a wand. What, what, is it any kind of wand? Is it a specially endowed wand? Is well, it a the professional... wand that I have is double-pointed, and it's made out of rose quartz. And rose is associated with love and healing love. So for myself, I use that to direct my energy if I'm working with someone. And it could be something easy as someone having a, a migraine, you know, and me using the wand to alleviate the stress and pain. Mm. You know, I hear words like healing and energy, and those are all words that we use all the time. Right. Um, is it possible to to cast a spell that goes beyond a personal desire, for example? Well, um, the the world is full of such difficulty, uh, wars, hungry people, uh, injustice, and so forth. I mean, is that something that witchcraft can address or does address or in history has it, you know— Yes, um, there are a lot of political witches out there who work with the energies of trying to create a more balanced and peaceful society. And a lot of things we get into is also how we're trying to change history and trying to change a situation. And um, we're very careful to put energy out there in a way that it's there for someone who needs it. Um, to get together to be like, okay, we want the war to end tomorrow is something beyond our means. And what we could do is try to put the energy out there for people to wake up 
and also to see themselves and others. And um, being Wiccan um, has me to um, be open with my practice and also um, to have a religious tolerance that we're not all the same, but um, we're also the same too. We're all fresh and blood. Do you experience now Wiccan being a recognized tradition in our culture? I have. Uh, in Seattle, not as much as New York, where I come from, but um, there's over a million strong worldwide. Hmm. And is there any, like, what's the most difficult thing about being a Wiccan? Um, I think the misconceptions of uh, whatever people have seen on TV or with Hollywood puts out hmm. there that... Um, we sacrifice children or that we worship the devil. And it's just very hard to, especially during Halloween, and you see the images that are out there to go through that. It's interesting. There, In some ways, all our traditions, there are certain certain times of the year when we get more nervous. You know, and in Jewish tradition, in many cultures around Passover and Easter, the Jewish community would get nervous because there would be that blood libel, that some notion that Jews used to kill Christian children to make their unleavened bread, which is kind of hard to even believe that anybody would believe such a thing. But those, there's something about the human psyche that is really prone to absorb hate-filled suspicious messages about other people and other traditions. We are talking to a high priestess in the Wiccan tradition. This is Interfaith Talk Radio. We're about to take a break, and uh, we encourage you to listen to the message of our sponsors because they allow us to talk to you each Monday afternoon from 5 to 6. We'll be right back. The University Congregational United Church of Christ, located at 4515 16th Avenue Northeast, right across from the Burke Museum, wants you to know that it is a liberal and inclusive congregation waiting to welcome you to worship, education, fellowship, and service. We need your help to say yes to God's purposes. For more information, log on to universityucc.org. That's universityucc.org. Or call 206-524-2322. That's 206-524-2322. Are you ready for the 12-minute Simone's Own Miracle? Transform any self-defeating internal images into spectacular masterpieces of happiness and success in only 12 minutes. The Simone's Own is a revolutionary empowerment technique that uses cutting-edge audio-visual technology. Get ready to shift negative energy and change it to positive energy now. Visit thesimonezone.com and try this free technique. That's thesimonezone.com. Mark your calendars now for Friday, November 3rd for a life-affirming workshop with Jamal Rahman at the Bellevue Sheraton, 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Appreciation in action, using gratitude as a catalyst for positive change. Jamal will energize and excite you with his insights and understandings of the power of gratitude. A popular speaker, author, and nationally recognized spiritual leader, Jamal conveys the essence of core values for true success, optimal productivity, and for staying peaceful and centered on our chosen path. 
Enjoy Jamal's humor, wit, and dedication to making this world a better place by helping us to show up as our radiant selves. Learn ancient techniques from his Sufi tradition that work to connect you with your creative potential and authentic self. This workshop is being sponsored by the Parrot Coaching Institute. That's Friday, November 3rd at the Bellevue Sheraton. Call the PCI to register, 425-401-1519. That's 425-401-1519. The United Church of Christ wants you to know about the God is Still Speaking campaign, a national effort to let everyone know that this denomination welcomes everyone, no matter what, to the worship of God and the church. We believe that God has much, much more to tell us about the good news of the gospel of Jesus and about what love can do to help us with this beautiful but troubled world. To find out more, log on to www.ucc.org slash index We wish you blessings for your life. Are you ready to kick your life up a notch? Tired of just surviving? The award-winning Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By, is your way to living the life you want without regrets, without limitations. This empowering, inspirational show with dynamic host Dr. Pat Basile will leave you shouting, yes, I can. Dr. Pat is a master career and belief coach, dynamic seminar leader, and creator of Crustbusting. Listen to the Dr. Pat Show on AM 1150 KKNW, Monday through Friday, 11 to noon, and worldwide on www.thedrpatshow.com. There's nothing else like it on the dial. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Eric turned up the music that time, and uh, we've all been dancing around the studio. This is Interfaith Talk Radio. Dancing around the studio this evening are our rabbi. I am Rabbi Ted Falcon. I'm Brother Jamal Rahman. I'm Pastor Don McKenzie. A rabbi, a Muslim minister, and a Christian pastor, and a high priestess in the Wiccan tradition, all dancing around hmm. to Halloween music. Lila is with us this evening, and... One of the things that struck me, Lila, in the discussion we've been having has to do with the dualistic nature of the Wiccan tradition. And it sounds to me like this is one of the distinctive differences between our traditions and yours, that all of us as uh, Abrahamic faiths are deeply monotheistic, focus on uh, a oneness. And it sounded to me like Wiccan tradition does not, that in fact Wiccan tradition focuses on a two-ness. So I'd, I'd just like to probe that for a few minutes um, and talk about the duality. So you've got masculine and feminine. And, feminine, right. and the masculine you call the god and the feminine is the goddess, the goddess. energy. And how do these energies... They always remain separate. They never unite. Uh, they unite in practitioners who are gay or transgender, but uh, they're celebrated separately, and they're seen as uh, the god energy is the warrior side of a person, and the goddess energy being the nurturing mother side. But Lila, would it mean, for example, like you know, there's a verse in the Quran we've talked about all quite often a verse to humans that God says in the Quran that of everything created, we have created opposites so that you might know that only God is one. 
So is it possible that when you talk about God and goddess, it's for that human mind to be comprehend uh, what God could be, something which is beyond that. And we focus on God and goddess only because our mind does not fully understand that great mystery of oneness. Well, once again, it depends on the type of Wicca that's practiced. Uh, Dianic Wicca, only the goddess is celebrated and worshipped. And in my form of Wicca, uh, I celebrate both the god and the goddess. So both are worshipped separately. So what are the, those are two distinct forms of Wicca. Are there others? Um, yes, there's many kinds. Uh, originally, uh, when Wicca first uh, became popular, this was in the 50s, and it was made popular by Gerald Gardner, who was originally uh, interested in ceremonial magic and studied with Aleister Crawley. And he was the person that really brought it out from England to the States. So there's uh, Gardinarian witchcraft, which uh, has the three degrees of initiation. And there's Alexandrian witchcraft, also from England. And there's a lot of also Druid witches out there. Uh, the coven that I belong to uh, was from the Celtic tradition, and our high priest was a Druid. So uh, Wicca pretty much... Uh, the main focus is it being a nature religion, and part of the ceremonies is uh, becoming in touch with uh, the deities so we can call upon the energies of the god or the goddess and embody that energy and be one with them. One of the, one of the ancient religions from which uh, Judaism emerged and uh, against which Judaism established a, a notion of a monotheistic ideal was ancient Babylonian tradition. Like in the Babylonian creation story, the there was a battle between Marduk, uh, the 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 masculine and the feminine. The masculine was the land, the feminine was the water. And so the separation of the water and the land, the containment of the seas, that was a result of a battle between the masculine and the feminine energies. And one of the things that happened when that story was translated into the Jewish scripture was that rather than have a two deities fighting each other, there was a, a notion that there's one deity who is kind of manifesting everything that there is. And I think one of the realities that led to that was that there are certain concepts of dualism, that there's a limitation of a dualism and also a kind of built-in competitiveness and almost a built-in system of, of a possible war, you know, rather than an image of a, not not so much a blending, but a balancing mm -hmm. and a union, which is really deep in the psyche of all of our traditions. Mm -hmm. I don't sense you as a particularly warlike individual, but 
I wonder about that tendency, and I wonder if that's part of that which has given uh, Wiccan tradition or witchcraft tradition negative attention over the years, that it, in fact, does support a dualistic approach to the universe rather than uh, appreciating a sense of essential wholeness and essential oneness. How, How would you respond to that? I would say that it, it has been hard to see uh, God as female, and depending on how uh, you practice, uh, sometimes the God aspect has a backseat to the goddess and is seen more as just a consort. So um, for myself, um, I incorporate both the energies and... Um, celebrate both equally. I don't call upon either or. Um, Being female, I do relate more with a goddess energy, and it is easier for me to picture God as female. But um, with the other traditions that I practice, um, I use um, both equally in ritual. Is there a difference between being a Wiccan and a pagan? Um, not very much. Um, a Wiccan, basically Wicca came from the words wise ones. And the pagans um, back in the day were seen as ignorant country folk or um, for being heathens. And um, basically we're kind of the outcasts of the religions out there. But um, we follow a similar path in believing in spirits. And I, I'm so impressed by uh, how difficult it is in an hour to try to get all this on the table because this this really needed to be a an educational experience. And as we said at the beginning, we're trying to give different spiritual paths uh, a place at the table, you might say. And I think the the thing that I will go away from tonight with this, uh, among other things, is first of all your hospitality and your openness, your what you're calling eclectic Wiccan. Uh, but the the sort of unresolved issue about duality versus mono uh, versus oneness, excuse me. I um, mean, I think of my own tradition, Trinitarian Christianity. Uh, there are three: God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. But it's a part of a oneness that is at the heart of it. And that's often misunderstood, actually, also. So um, that's, I think, clearly going to be have to be a part of a continuing conversation mm-hmm. that that we try to understand Wiccan, Druid, Pagan, and so forth. Right. In Jewish tradition, there is clearly a feminine and a masculine aspect. Right. <clears throat> and in the mystical tradition, in a sense, the world that we share is feminine. Mm-hmm. And the trans- absolutely transcendent world is masculine. Mm-hmm. And at a, at a weekly Shabbat, the weekly celebration of creation, the masculine and the feminine come together, and the mystical community was really welcomed as a kind of wedding ceremony, uh, a union of energies inside and outside. You've been listening to Interfaith Talk Radio, talking to Lila Rapsevich, who is a high priestess in the Wiccan tradition. She promises to work only spells uh, serving the good of all concern. For the, so for those of you who have been listening 
to a witch for the first time. Be comforted and enjoy Halloween tomorrow. We will see you next Monday. Thank you for being with us tonight. And have a howling day. Thank you, David.